0: You're listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Hey, Brandon. Welcome
1: to the show. Thanks, Nate. Happy to be here. A fellow Midwesterner on the show here and uh, not going to be a full-time resident, but part-time resident of South Dakota?
2: Yeah, full-time, uh, part-time. We go and visit, and uh, Nebraska is uh, its where I grew up, and it's home now. So, Midwest I, I, all the way
1: I do love it. I need to know, how far away from Carhenge are you? Ooh,
2: that's across the state. So...
1: Oh, you're on the other side. So you're not near yeah. Scott's Bluff. You're like way on the other side.
2: Yeah, we're in, we're in Omaha. So this ginormous city, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it in Nebraska.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a few people that hang out in that city that every once in a while attract some people annually for uh, I think an annual business meeting. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we won't we won't uh, digress too far into the one ge- geological feature that Nebraska has that is Scott's Bluff. <laughs> uh, let's get into some prop tech here. I've got Brandon Peterson He's the founder and CEO of a company called GeoKey. GeoKey provides property owners and tenants solutions to better control building access, elevators, home IoT, and guest access. And we're going to be digging into all of that uh, it specifically. But before we go there, you know, Brandon is a multi-time, can I say multi-time, is that the right word, multi experience, veteran entrepreneur, multiple startups. And so I want to dig in there. Let's start there. Brandon, can you talk to me a little bit about a few of the companies that you've started that led to you starting GeoKey?
2: Well, I would like to say that I'm third gen entrepreneur. Uh, Grandpa, uh, you know, he came, he always said, I came from dirt, so I never want to go back to it. So the only way to do it is to create your own destiny. He started about 34 businesses in his lifetime. Now they don't all stand today. Funny story is when they don't work out, he usually burned them. Literally, he had a tree farm, burned it to the ground. Uh, there's a few more stories. It's hilarious, uh, but the humor and business and starting it up—that that was a legacy that he started. So, Dad started uh, a dozen or so businesses, and and I, I followed on those tracks. So, uh, in that uh you know experience family vacations to just sitting at home that's what we spoke about was how can we solve a problem and turning it into a solution that people would want to want to buy. So uh the family business that we started from was auctions. We sold uh we sell it still goes on today 51 years old uh, selling heavy machinery, ag and trucking equipment across the nation. Uh, but furthermore, um used to own co-working space, did real estate projects uh started an uh, online e-commerce site for cars and um, and the last one was uh gyms used to own twenty-four hour gyms and that's where I got the idea
1: for GeoKey and started that. That is very interesting. I used to have a membership to a gym that was twenty-four access, twenty-four mm-hmm. hour access. And one time I went maybe after eight PM and that was it. Like it was totally did you find the same pattern when you owned the gym that just no one genuinely used it twenty-four hours a day?
2: It was interesting. Uh, you know, you'd know, you have the 5 a.m.ers and the 5 p.m.ers, and then you'd have a handful that came in at 2 or 3 a.m. Oh,
1: interesting. And just like
2: right smack dab in the middle of the night. And it's mostly night shifters. It's but like a
1: core value prop we that was reserved by for by a very small a portion of the addressable market. To a 5 it sounds like you had a very small portion of the addressable market that you were catering to with a specific value prop uh, <laughs> 24-hour access, twenty-four hour access, but there's only a handful of people coming into it. Well, let, let, let's kind of take that bridge and jump to GeoKey. So obviously, you had a little bit of experience with building access. What was the genesis to where, hey, I need to create something that gives better access as well as other controls to both owners and renters? Absolutely.
2: So when we were in the gym, uh, people were had key fob based with the 24 hour. Mm-hmm. And in that I saw people passing them back and forth. We called that tailgating. And I said, wow, I'm, I'm losing money. I have no data analytics. There's no operational efficiencies here. I have to come up with a better solution. And what's the one thing that people have on them? It's their cell phones. Why couldn't mm-hmm. that be the key? The other notable problem I had was when I wanted to sign somebody up and for a gym membership, Somebody puts in an inquiry and they want to change their life right there. Well, 24 hours later, you know, maybe I don't want to join this gym. So I knew I had to capture them right away. So I figured I want to utilize that with with technology. So I looked into the market. So I looked into the market and there was people doing mobile access control, but they were developing and manufacturing their own products, their hardware components. And I said, well, I want to be agnostic. I want to do what... Uber is done. Or Airbnb is done as just being an overlaying pa- uh, platform. So that was the approach I did. So developed this, bootstrapped it, uh, convinced these multi-million and billion dollar hardware manufacturers to uh, let us be the mobile access wing for them. And it was fantastic. Started with Nokia, Access Communications. Um, we had, uh, I had some advisors that said, go for Master Lock. And I said, that's insane. They're huge. Uh, Eventually bugged them enough that they picked up the phone and and uh, now we're partners and now our partners stretch to Yale Schleg in uh, um, a wide variety more and so we became this centralization of access control and customized approach to be able to choose whatever type of hardware component you want for your property. On top of that, uh, we got a, our you know, issued patent which covers location services opening. The access points, so we don't re- require readers. We do not require managed Wi-Fi or network capabilities. So any retrofit or Class B property, GeoKey does it better than anyone else in the market for mobile access.
1: Oh wow! Okay, so I, I'm very interested in that uh, because I, I did take note that one of the asset classes that you can work with is storage, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a storage facility up in Wisconsin, and i I have I have such a low tech solution here but it's a pain in the butt because every time someone moves out i have to pay someone else to go and make sure the unit's cleaned out and then you know to reset the lock so we're not using the same we use uh keyless locks because i don't have time mm-hmm. for tracking keys i'm Absolutely. not going to pay someone to track keys you know so may- maybe i need to to look into this because <laughs> get a better solution here. Coffee. Yeah, I, I Well, I mean, hey, it, I'm open to retrofitting. This is great. So, so talk to yeah. me a little bit more about. Let's get into some of the, the specific features because um, I think that you you guys cover a ton of ground, and then I want to want to dig into that of like how you're even managing the amount of features and use cases that you guys are really uh, building solutions for.
2: Um, so, when you're digging into the GeoKey technology. Uh, In our portal, in our dashboard, you have a lot of capabilities, Uh, user management, credentialing, uh, data analytics, messaging center. Uh, There's a wide array of of, uh, components that you're able to do it. Now, the beauty of GeoKeys technology is that you can credential within the software, not within the hardware itself. So in real time, you can remove a credential from somebody's phone or give them access um, in the multifamily space, which is our main uh, avenue of sales, we integrate into the property management systems. So Yardi, RealPage, Entrata, and being able to send out credentials directly from those PMS systems. And then when somebody moves out, that pulls and it's all an autonomous process. There's no updating firmware of any of the devices. So when people say, yes, our, our solution is truly autonomous... That's not necessarily true because you have to do firmware updates where GeoKey is doing the credentialing and we hold that
1: and that makes it, makes it remote. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay. So there's, there's, there's two pieces here that I'm very interested in. You you mentioned software partners and you have hardware partners. Mm -hmm. How are you determining where to pursue partnerships and integrations? Because especially when it comes to multifamily, the, you know, it seems to be the name of the game is integrations. Do you work with the platform we've already spent the last several years investing time and money and consultants and training and everything else into? Because if not, we are not going through that pain and switching to something else that you integrate with. Like, how have you figured out, uh, you know, which routes to go and are worth your, your time and effort to get those partnerships going?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lot of uh, customer feedback. Uh, there's a book called um, Hacking Growth. And they talk about uh, basically analyzing what is the market saying. Mm-hmm. What are they you know, taking it through simulators, A/B testing, and saying what are the, uh, what do they want? You know, we spent the first couple years of um, market penetration by really market understanding, and now our approach is mar- market education. And so, to be able to say we have Yale or we have uh, Masterlock Lock um, for different types of components. Mm-hmm. We can educate and say. This is what each one is doing, and the capabilities of each hardware on top of having a seamless uh, software solution for their operations. But first and foremost, it's just understanding. Um, one of the biggest things that's helped us was 29th Street Capital out of Chicago. They were an investor in us at the beginning of the year. Uh, they have 20,000 units in their portfolio. It was amazing to get market knowledge from them, you know, as wow. their advisors to us. They say X Y Z is what you need, and and that's where companies like us will utilize you as a client.
1: It's certainly one of the advantages of being a nimble startup in that you can take some of those, uh, you know, some of the the points from your target customers. And like, look, this is a pain that we're constantly having, and if they have any amount of scale, as you mentioned, that they, they, sounds like they have a they have a few buildings that mm-hmm. you can implement. Not only can you work with them to gather more data of like, Hey, how is this actually working in the field? How is this solving problems? you're getting, you're getting, so you're getting the product feedback, but then you also get direct feedback from the customer of what they're saying and thinking and feeling. I will
2: echo on what you're just saying though. So you're exactly right. And you being a professional in the marketing uh, aspect, it's about feedback loops and feedback loops come from all uh, aspects of the business. It's not just marketing team or sales team. So for us, we do 24-7, 365 uh, support, not just to mm-hmm. the property managers, but all the way down to the tenants who you know, just need a, a, you know, a little help. Well, we take that data from those support and get that to the software dev team, the sales team, the marketing team to enhance our product line, to understand how do we best go into the market.
1: I love that. And, and you're, you're not wrong on that. I mean, I, I, I tend to think that I, I'm pretty decent about leveraging product data and I wrote about this in one of the recent editions of the TechNet newsletter of like you know both product is first off product is your best marketing channel uh, mm-hmm. I think any marketer that tells you otherwise has got mm-hmm. uh, a bottle of snake oil in their back pocket um, uh-huh. ready to go um, but, but it's the data the data from your product usage is phenomenal at informing how you move forward and if you can get really good feedback loops that obviously you know takes you yeah a lot further. Um, when you're thinking about and speaking of that data and that product usage when, you, when you're thinking about which features to build or even improve upon. You know, one of the things that certainly slows up startups after a few years if you build up this tech debt. And then there's market opportunities, right? You got a customers coming to you and you've got to decide do we do we tackle the tech debt? Do we do we take on this new initiative? Hey, there's this new technology that everyone's switching to. We've got to get out in front of it. And because you guys have so many partnerships and so many solutions, how is the management of that product roadmap? I mean, I feel like that's got to be quite a, a challenge for mm-hmm. the, the number of things that you guys are taking on. Boy, is it ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot to balance. You know, we have, we have to, we're a B to B to C business. Obviously, mm-hmm. the owners, the property managers, uh, the developers, they're investing and they're, they're writing the check. But at the same time, if their tenants are complaining to them on a daily, weekly basis going to fire you. And so you have to make sure that both the B and the C are experiencing uh, a good product. And so ours is a little bit multidimensional in the fact that you have to have solid integrations that work in their performance and their budgets and Mm. in their uh, real estate infrastructure. But then you also have to provide a good customer experience and user experience when it comes to the application itself. And that's for opening the app, unlocking the doors, um, resetting things, support experience and so on. So when it comes to the product road roadmap, it actually runs in parallel with, with, uh, product infrastructure as well as user experience.
1: Yeah. And the, and the other bit that you guys are providing here on the, is on the data and analytics. Can you, can you give me an idea of like, what are some of the data points that I would be looking at as a property manager of a either multifamily or even garden style? Um, or even commercial building, like a 24-hour gym. Like, What are the data points when you're when you're considering building access and, and that sort of thing, or even other amenity access?
2: Absolutely. I, I would say when it comes to access ex- is, um, itself, I could talk about that all day, but I'll just pick one in particular. Um, each year, these property owners have a capital expenditure budget, and they have to find out where are we going to allocate this capital. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do a new fresh coat of paint? Are we going to enhance the uh, fitness room? Do we add a pool? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Well, utilizing access control data, they can see what areas, what amenities are being used and what's not being used. So do we enhance that? Do we change things out? Um, Are a lot of people using a conference room? Could we monetize on that? There's applications when it comes to access control from that perspective where they mm-hmm. can increase their NOI, increase rents, or realign their capital budgets.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you ever listened to the Skift podcast. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, tra- for those not familiar, it's like travel and uh, vacation rental. And I actually really like listening to the, uh, the travel industry. I'm actually really inspired by more i actually dig into it but i was listening to one recently and it was about upscale luxury it was so bougie it was like upscale luxury (laughs) fitness oriented hotel stays like and one of the things they talked about was like the utilization of the fitness center and like the average hotel fitness center was like it was like sub 10 percent of people who came to the hotel were you it was so small right and they were like well we want the we want all those people to stay at our properties. And so, you know, just like you're talking about, they were utilizing that data to build something meaningful for who was using the property. And when I think about multifamily, I mean, this is kind of like one of the challenges, right? We hear that, like, that it's been this thing of uh, amenities. I feel like it's been the theme for the last few years, right? Out-amenify the person down the street, if you will. But how do you know which is going to drive the needle? Which one's pushing the envelope Forward and ultimately, I I came to a conclusion well, from the outside in. It's mm-hmm. actually more. It's more about your community, who you live near, next oh. to, and like the stores in the immediate area versus like what's in. Oftentimes, what's in the building is that is that. Are you hearing anything similar? Or are you hearing counter to that?
2: That's exactly what we're saying. It's a it's it's one hundred percent attrition to the area. Mm. What things are around that are going to keep people there? And the multifamily uh, housing industry, the evolution of it is—it's a place for you to live to a community that I want to stay in, and I'm and everything I need is there. And you're you're starting to see this transition in in marketing and the amenities and the data of how mm-hmm. they approach it to say, no, this is more like a luxury place, or you'll get this kind of vibe or feel when you stay here, rather than this is the rents and here's the schools nearby. It's it has got so much more complex, and I love that you brought up the travel industry because the travel and and uh, hospitality industry utilizes so much data to make decisions, mm-hmm. um, market knowledge, and understanding that the multifamily industry is really starting to catch hold of that, and that's how they're making uh, decisions, not just on how they design their properties, but what technology they invest in for those properties.
1: Yep, that makes a lot of sense. I'd love to kind of shift a little bit. You know, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, multifamily, maybe I, I want to say, t- I don't want to bad mouth the industry. Uh, I know a lot of times it's easy to say like, uh, oh, real estate. It's so archaic. It's come a long way. It's things mm-hmm. it's kind of look and feel the same, but it's come a long way. Uh, but sometimes it's challenging to get either product. People haven't been looking for or haven't been adopting in mass getting it in front of them and getting adoption. What have you been doing at GeoKey to get in front of the right decision makers to show them the value you bring to the buildings uh, and to demonstrate that? And I think it's particularly challenging for you guys too, right? The end user is not the one who's paying for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, having to make that case, I'm just curious how you guys are navigating those challenges and getting to market. Absolutely.
2: Well, first and foremost, it's a it's a relationships based industry. So, showing up, giving experiences, understanding what do they want, so they have a listening ear. After that, you're seeing a shift in the market now. 2020, 21, 22, crazy valuations. People had a lot of cash in their pocket. They were able to invest and try different things. Well, going in through 23 and into 2024 with high interest rates, it's not as easy to go in and just say, "Let's have a good experience and you're going to love my technology." No, they're looking at it from a strictly analytical perspective, and they've been educated by prop tech over the last couple of years. They've dabbled. Mm-hmm. Everyone claims they increase NOI, net operating income. Everybody does. You said but it, now, not me. With interest rates <laughs> a little higher. With interest rates a little higher, they're holding on to their properties and maybe not selling them because they can't get the prices that they need. Mm -hmm. So they have time to sit and study value add prop tech. And Mm -hmm. they will really understand. And they're smart. A lot of them are hiring directors of IT. Uh, they're, They're bringing software professionals to be able to analyze the tech. And if they can't increase rents, monetize on the software, or decrease some operational expense, you're out. Hmm. And they're smart enough to decide that going into this next year. So, so before it was, you know, relationship experience, that's still a thing here. But now it's put your money where your mouth is.
1: Yeah. So you use the relationships, getting into the door, have the conversation, but you still have to deliver on one of those key areas. That is the, the prime yep. focus.
2: It's a difference between a want and a need. Yeah. And this year, you know, the feds say they're going to decrease interest rates three times in 24, that helps. But they could be such small decreases. But the reality of the situation is still not game changing fully. So you yeah. truly have to value add those properties.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath for significant decreases uh, this year. I feel like they're going to be real tiny. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I mean, it's anyone's guess. Who knows that yep. five years ago, and you tried to predict what today was? I mean, you you had no chance. It's just impossible. <laughs> no way.
2: <laughs> well, if you remember, analysts for twenty three said one hundred percent chance of a recession. Mm.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that one. I felt higher prices, uh, not necessarily recession. Yeah, uh, but hey, you know, I'm not a an economist, so it is what it is. <laughs> Let, let's. Um, I'm always interested in the difference of adoption. By assets and by location, mm-hmm. uh, can you share a little bit about what you're seeing from both uh, different asset type owners as well as locations? Who's more readily willing to adopt different access to controls, you know access and you know controls with elevators or even you know inside the dwelling iot such as like the thermostats and water detection and that kind of stuff. Who's readily adopting that and if there's any different regions? that are uh, more ready to adopt new, this new tech. You
2: would say most Metro areas are the ones who are going to adopt technology first, which is a lot of the case, but you're seeing a lot of mid, mid cities, um, mid sized cities adopting this technology uh, with our competitors. There's a lot of infrastructure that needs to play it. So, you know, mm. you need the network, you need everything. So new builds was a lot of been the focus for prop tech um, The reality of the situation is as we get smarter and like GeoKeys IP, we do not require that. So ours is typically people with 2000 to 30,000 units in their portfolio of multifamily with class B properties. Uh, They don't have that infrastructure, but they want to have value add. It's still nice enough that, you know, they require a certain amount of amenities Uh, and mobile access control is seen as an amenity nowadays. And so people want the additional security, the ease of use, that's that's really important so demographics wise it's a little widespread um now if you're out in the boonies probably less likely but for people who are have wide portfolio sets they want to utilize technology to optimize uh their processes and their operations and this is one of the ways they do it
1: and when it, when it comes to access control like is this something that requires a multi-family or can you also utilize this in a scattered site portfolio is that is that possible so
2: for us, yes. Because we're hardware agnostic, we are very agile. We are in gyms, we're in uh, commercial, real estate, we're in retail, uh, we can do manufacturing, utility companies, and we're in all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a startup, you have to stay focused and you pick one and you do it really well and then you can diversify from there. But the reality of the situation is for GeoKey, because we're hardware agnostic, we can be agile into other other areas. And you know, we were just spot... Uh, speaking about attrition, users can use GeoKey for their apartment and then also for the gym and also for their workspace. Even though those are three different, separately owned uh, properties or buildings, to the user, it's all in an access list. So that does bring attrition to the area where it says one key, and I can get into all these places that I need to in a day.
1: I love the idea of that. Um, I now I I don't have many places to go to here in South Dakota. <laughs> we people we have businesses in a modern life out here uh i know the i know everyone thinks it's just empty fields the jokes Um, are fun though but when when i I was in chicago downtown chicago like that would have been great there was a i mean going to work right access Mm -hmm. into that access into the apartment we had a a gym access at the apartment there was roof access at the apartment like there, there was all kinds of different things and everything had a different level of security and you know, some of them are different hours of access versus like the ability to come and go as you please. And I think all those things, like when we were shopping for our apartment in Chicago and we settled on the the condo building that we did, like, I mean, security was a big part of it. That was like a huge component to where we were going to go. And it was, you know, one of the top things on our list, you know, as we worked our way down our list of Like, Hey, these are things that we're not going to make a, we're not going to budge on. We're going to buy basically on, on these things. That's,
2: and and you're hitting on a really good point. You know, people want that additional security they want to know that the place they live is I can sleep at night and not have to sleep with one eye open, Mm -hmm. but the security industry and the access control industry as a whole traditionally has been not simple in that process where additional security measures make you jump through different hoops or it's just, it's just not easy. Yeah. With modern technology and, and what's coming to the market today is simplicity and security and gives you that peace of mind, and you can do both. You can pull it off.
1: Now, we can't get through this conversation without me bringing up AI. Uh, if it was four years ago, I'd be asking about blockchain. But now <laughs> we have to talk about AI. <clears throat> Uh, and I think that's, it's fitting. It's reasonable, right? Anytime you have data tracking, anytime you have any sort of like predictive analytics or you want to add in predictive analytics, it's going to be, where does AI fall in this? Uh, what are you guys doing with AI and where do you see it going as it's relation to all these different building access and controls, both on the owner and tenant side? That's a
2: tough one. Cause it's a lot. Uh, obviously there's AI in the data.
1: Uh, you're able
2: to pull um, incident reports and, and it'll, come up with assumptions for you for you for aggregated data that's number one number two uh streamlining uh integrations and increasing um different software development mechanisms and protocols uh to get things done faster ai is utilized there um enhancing your software uh you know geokey we pride ourselves as being full service so that's getting the locks, onboarding, installing them, the support, the communication, everything along the way. And we utilize a lot of AI to give a good customer experience. It's not just about having a fancy technology. You wanna know that there's there's uh, people on the back end getting it done. Now we're scaling fast. You gotta use AI to be able to operate at the caliber uh, that you have to in a, in a fast scaling business. So mm-hmm. uh, AI is integrated into GOP um, immensely. And we use it to overall create an an awesome experience and a a high quality product.
1: So there's lots of different purposes uh, using AI. Uh, Some of the outcomes that we might be looking for is producing new text, you know, chat type formats, uh, creating images or editing images. And you kind of touched on like potentially some predictive analytics, right? Looking at the, the numbers and seeing where they may be going or even providing sentiment analysis. What do you see as like the most functionally beneficial form of AI because there's only so much it can do. It's still not going to necessarily, I mean, I guess it could open the door if it like automatically scanned your retina and knew who you were and we could get down that rabbit hole. Right. But the physical and digital world, there's still a bit of a separation. AI doesn't control people. So where do you see the most benefit of leveraging AI in this space?
2: So, th- to the points I all made, uh, that that would be number one for how we utilize it. For, mm-hmm. Furthermore, than that, it's streamlining operations. You know, it's an operational uh, efficiency that you can provide within companies. And this stre- this stems all the way across. I mean, this doesn't this doesn't just land in prop tech. This is in fintech, and even owning a local pharmacy, right? You can utilize this for uh, advanced marketing techniques, hyper-communicative um, agendas, uh, internal communications, uh, procedure writing. It, I was I had a chat with somebody the other day about AI, and they were like, well, I just, you know, it's going to take over. And I said, did the calculator take over? No, it's input-output. It's if you understand how to input and utilize the tool,
0: Mm. you will
2: enhance all processes and communication and really uh, put your growth into hyperdrive. Utilize Mm. the tool. Utilize education. Warren Buffett, um, um, you know, Charles Munger just passed away. They speak about education constantly. You know, the moment you stop learning is the moment you die. My grandfather always used to say that school's never out. And so this is a tool that you can gain access to information and produce output faster than ever before. Now, it's not about to be fearful about it. It's about utilizing it in that capacity.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, Brandon, we're going to jump down to the final segment of the show. I like to call it for the future. For the future is when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. All right, let's do this. All right, number one, what does GeoKey look like one year from now? One year
2: from now, GeoKey will be uh, probably one of the most well-known brands when it comes to mobile access control for class B retrofit apartments. uh, And people will be utilizing it for their access control in the most simplistic way with our large manufacturer partners.
1: Question number two, what's one innovation other than GeoKey that you're excited about when it comes to building access and security. I
2: think that biometric AI is going to be a huge component in the future. Uh, uh, You're gonna be able to make decisions and see things um, just with your face. And I think that is going to be a seamless way that people will walk through life.
1: Does that mean you guys are gonna partner up with Ray-Ban for building access? (laughs) That could be kind of cool. I'm just saying, that'd be an industry first. That would be good. That'd be good. Let's call the Zuck. <laughs> Hopefully, we the tech nest. I'll see if I got any good contacts that are still over there. <laughs> All right. Number three here on for the future. What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away. That will
2: continue that I wish that would go away. Well, I know it'll continue. Uh, in our industry, what will go away is um, brand ego. Uh where the whole market's moving is to centralization uh, people need, they don't want 25 different softwares that they have to manage. They need one, they need one uh, component and they need one area that they can do. There's turnover. There's, you know, uh, technological education that just, it just takes so much time mm-hmm. and brand ego gets in that way. And so uh, that will have to move away for,
1: for the future and what the clients want. Right. And the final one on for the future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Keys. We're getting rid of keys. Altogether? You don't need them. I mean, the fear. The fear is there. What if, what if I can't? There's always overrides. Really. We're getting... um, I almost fell victim to this. I delayed changing the batteries into my, my motorcycle fob mm. and I kept getting the warning and kept getting the warning. And the day I went and got the batteries put them in my saddlebags, I stopped to get gas before I took the bike home and it wouldn't start because the battery had just died enough and I forgot I just never put the pin there's a pin like a pattern you Mm -hmm. use with the turn signals to start the bike if you don't have your fob and I didn't put it in my phone so I didn't know the passcode, I did get it to work it eventually had enough juice to get a signal but I tend to agree with you, I think keys are outdated uh, and it's about time
2: Queen Cleopatra used
1: it. I mean, she was smart, but let's move on. I agree. Brandon, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, glad to have another Midwesterner. Can't wait for you to get up That's to the, the freest state of the union. Uh, come <laughs> on up anytime. You're welcome the Black Hills. Before we close out, uh, for those who want to get in touch with you and or learn more about GeoKey, where do they go and how do they do it?
2: Yep, they can go to our website at geokeyaccess.com, G-E-O-K-E-Y access.com. My team's happy to help.
1: Awesome, and we'll put the links always, as we do, in the description of the show. You can find that on technest.io. Be sure to jump on the newsletter while you're there. Just click that subscribe button, enter your email, and you'll get each week's episode sent to you directly with an article, as well as curated tech News. Until then, thanks, Brandon. We'll catch you later.
0: Thanks, Nate. Thanks for listening to TechNest, the PropTech Podcast. Find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io. You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow Technest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in (laughs) PropTech. Your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the show in the app store from nate and the tech nest team thanks for listening